Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. You're hearing a lot of that, you know, play out. Well, it was sweet, but, you know, kind of a kind of a thing. But I think that <laughs> that comes from, you know, come on, people, just cry again. You know, it's not going to hurt you. You know, I mean, it's good for you. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. <laughs> Well, uh, welcome everybody to the month of September and what feels like fall is here, I guess. And here we are with another chance to keep up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. And let's begin by saying hello to the radio legend and CEO of Cats Podcasting, Mr. Lou Katz. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I wear that title well. I think I made up cats podcasting. Is that works? Uh, works fine. Anything you say is just fine, Arch. You know me. I'm easy. I'm easy, man. Well, you're also uh, the head of Hound Radio, which makes this show possible. So I thank you for that. And didn't you put me on to call my agent? Were I, you watching Call My? Oh agent? yeah, I think we're in like season two or three. I love that show. Love it. You know, I heard about it. It's this French uh, talent agency. And uh, I had watched this other French show, A French Village, about uh, a village during World War II when the Nazis invade. And I thought, man, do I want to watch another French show? But I, I'm loving Call My Agent. So uh, if I could think of the French word, <laughs> get très bien. Très bien. bien. <laughs> anyway, that's what this is. So thanks. And uh, the dulcet tones you just heard belong to a longtime friend, uh, for many years, the film critic for AARP. He is the inventor of the phrase movies for grownups. And if he doesn't uh, claim that, I'm claiming it for him. Now he's the chief reviewer for the Saturday Evening Post online. And he's also the author of a collection of features about the Delaware Beach and a longtime friend, Bill Newcock. Yeah. Bill. Hi, Arch. I'm sorry, I, I jumped the gun there. I, I, I spoke, I broke one of the first rules of radio. I spoke before I was introduced. <laughs> no, no, we like that. We like people <laughs> who jump the gun. So uh, it's good to uh, see you again. I miss you. We used to sit together at a lot of the screenings because uh, we were the oldest two people in the <laughs> We didn't know what anyone else was talking about is the problem. <laughs> They were speaking a different language from us. Uh, I find it interesting that you review for SaturdayEveningPost.com. Mm -hmm. Tell me and for about the print, Saturday. also for the print edition. There's a magazine still? Absolutely. Celebrating its 200th anniversary this year. We what come out is, uh, every two months. Norman Rockwell still painting the covers <laughs> <laughs> from the great He's cryogenically uh, preserved <laughs> in the basement of the Saturday Evening Post. <laughs> well, I'll look for that. Uh, so... Uh, the question we like to begin with, what are you watching? It's funny, people ask me that. My friends ask me all the time because they assume I watch a lot of TV and I, and I don't. I'm still watching movies. I get you know, screeners as you do, I'm sure. You know, and I yeah. don't like watching screeners at home. Um, no. But I just finished watching The Chair mm. with, with Sandra Oh. Have you seen that? I have watched some of The Chair. I'm a big fan of Sandra Oh. She's, and I'm she's a big fantastic. Fan of Holland Taylor is in that. Holland Taylor is in it. She's, she is as fantastic as ever. I was just watching. Here's a little clue into my private life. I, last night at 11 o'clock, I was watching a YouTube video of 1970s 
TV show intros. <laughs> and, and there was um, um, Bosom Buddies. I guess she was on Bosom Buddies with Peter oh, Scolari really? and Tom Hanks. She played like wow. the the, the uh, headmistress of the of the woman's dorm that they were staying in. And she's always been fantastic. And I, I, I saw a movie last night. It's, it's opening this Friday called Wild Indian. With, really? With a guy. It's, it's, it's going to be in theaters. It was also starring uh, on v, uh, video on demand with a guy named Michael Gray Eyes. Have you ever heard of an actor named Michael no, Gray Eyes? No. Huh. Well, he blew me away. He, play, he plays um, a, a guy, as his name implies, he's a Native American. And he uh, works for, he has a fantastic life in Los Angeles on the rocket. Now he's in his 50s, but he's, he's on a rocket to uh, the top of the company. But he's hiding the secret uh, that when he was a child, he was brutally abused by his father on the Indian reservation in, in mm. Wisconsin. And one day he just, on a lark, shot and killed a kid in the woods and buried the body. And he's been carrying the secret with him his, his whole life. And this guy, this Michael Gray is this actor, he is, you can almost see like the tension, the wire, the, the spring being tightened in him with every spring, every turn of every new scene. I spoke with an investigator. They are looking into the disappearance of a missing boy from 35 years ago. He's amazing. Uh -huh. And now I went back and looked at him and he's been making movies and TV shows since 1995. And he's, he, he was in, uh, and usually plays, you know, Indian characters, which is too bad. Uh -huh. You know, in, I mean, characters that are demonstrably yeah, yeah, Indian in the movies yeah. about Indian characters. So he, apparently he hasn't gotten to play a lot of like people who don't make that their central, you know, uh, identification, but he's, he's fantastic. And I highly, uh, highly recommend it. What's the name Wild of that Indian. movie again? Wild Indian. Wild Indian. It's a little and... slow. It's a little slow in some parts, but has these moments of explosive violence, but the slow simmer that this guy goes through in the whole movie is it's just a, Masterclass in screen acting. Now, you think that'll be uh, uh, available on demand? This weekend. It, it's, it's one of those deals that's in some theaters and also video on demand starting this weekend. So probably 1995 or maybe or will one of the services carry it too? I don't know. I really don't look know. around for that. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, I've been uh, watching and I'm very much a fan of a new series called Reservation Dogs. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Reservation Dogs. Let's see. It's on Hulu, and it's a comedy about a group of young indigenous uh, American Indians trying to uh, get together enough money by robbing and stealing and doing various <laughs> surreptitious things to leave the reservation and move to California. And it's uh, it doesn't exactly have a through line so much as you get a glimpse into their world and into things like uh, there's a character, the dear lady, hmm. who is this spirit who shows up to uh, punish uh, bad men. And she's this uh, beautiful looking uh, woman. And the only hint to her uh, spirit is she has hooves instead of feet. Well, it's a good solid hint. <laughs> and Something I always check out first. It's check out for very, or, or very funny. But it's not funny, you know, it's not punchline jokes. It's yeah, just yeah. very uh, winning. So in fact, that's, uh, we're going to do the best five or the best 10. And that's one of mine. Uh, going back to, you mentioned the chair. 
I want to like the chair because I really like Sandra O. Oh, and I just can't quite get past. I'm I'm not to the point of loving it. I'm yeah. to the point that I was watching it. But I, I just felt like there was too much of Sandra Rowe uh, running around, shaking her hair and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to juggle uh, 10 things at once. And uh, I didn't love it the way I loved uh, Killing Eve. Our first lady chair. Woman, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. We're in dire crisis. I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Get your shit together. I like when you act like you're my boss. I am your boss. Well, here's my problem with, with, with the chair. It has nothing to do with the acting because I think everyone in it, everyone in it is really, really good. Right. But it, 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 as you as you know by now, the whole the plot hinges on student activists calling out a professor for a momentary slip and a and a, a joke that was in right. questionable taste about Hitler. And I kept expecting somewhere along the line before the end of the show, someone was just going to drop the mic on the kids and say, you know, you, you're trying to live a life where no one's ever going to offend you. And that's not going to happen. So you may as well get used to occasionally being, you know, turned off by something that's said without insisting that that person be eliminated from your life, which is what they're trying to do, get them, get them fired. Right. Um, and I thought the show was entirely too sympathetic to the students without, without even kind of raising an eyebrow at it. Because I was like, of course, of, of course, they're, they're, these students are earnest and wonderful, and they're going to make the world a better place because everyone's going to have to be nice to each other under, you know, under their watch. And I'm old enough to know that's, and, 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 and frankly, the people who make the show are old enough to know that's not the case. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going for other than, you know, giving the actors some interesting things to do. Well, you know, it's fine. It's, uh, let me reveal personally that I was, I was telling Lou before we started, I just upgraded my TV. I just got a new, I traded in my state of the art 2006 TV. For a state of the art 2021, and I've got all the apps now, and mm -hmm. I've got Apple TV. And uh, by the way, uh, concerning Apple TV, everything they say about Ted Lasso is correct. It's the best thing uh, to come along on TV in years, and for four ninety nine a month, you know, yeah, that, it's, that's, uh, you can't. That's on my it. list of things I want to see. <clears throat> Do you have Apple TV? We we live on free um, previews, and right now we have a free preview of Apple TV. And after that, we're going to get a free preview of Hulu and watch those shows. Since upgrading my TV, it is only my wife that is keeping me uh, subscribing to cable. If if my wife didn't watch things like NCIS and she has mm -hmm. various shows that she's uh, hooked on, I would drop cable. We have dropped cable. We do not have I, cable. Mm -hmm. In this very room it. that I'm talking to you from is our is my my new TV because <laughs> we just moved I, into I a house. I see it. <laughs> see the folks can't yeah. see it, but I see it. And yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a beauty, uh, and <laughs> and also what just fell off the wall when I closed the door of this room is the antenna that I'm using to pull in like 17 stations. So I yeah. get all the networks, so I can see NCIS and all those things. And there's enough else I can stream. That you know, of course, you have to you still have to pay your pay cable bill or your uh, your internet bill. Yeah, but, you still got to get uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, but I'm still, I'm. We are really happy. Well, this raises a question, and uh, in a minute, I want us to to talk about uh, five things we really like. But uh, I just saw a movie called Coda on Apple TV. Child of 
deaf adults. And it stars oh. a, a young woman named Emilia Jones. And she is the uh, high school student and the only hearing member of a family where everyone else is hearing impaired. Marley Matlin is uh, in the cast. Oh, wow. And I am told that it was the uh, winner of the, I think, the Sundance Film Festival uh, and had people standing up, uh, you know, standing in the aisles. It's one of these funny, heartwarming, uh, it's a coming of age story. Yeah. And now there's been a lot of coming of age stories and and hitting the sweet spot of coming of age is uh, very easy to miss and get right. sloppy and sentimental. And this thing threads the needle. It, uh, you will hear about CODA uh, at the Oscars. Uh, hmm. They're already talking about a nomination for uh, Amelia Jones and for Marley Matlin, too. Wow. Uh, and I got that with my Apple subscription, which is mm -hmm. $4.99. So I'm sitting there in my living room watching my new TV, which is uh, state-of-the-art. And uh, for $4.99, I get Ted Lasso and all this other stuff. And I get this movie, Coda. So why am I, why would I go back to a movie theater? Well, it's a good question. Here, my answer for me is I like to see new movies, you know, and, and I, need, I, I need to see them ahead of time for, for reviewing purposes. Right. Uh, and when they send me screeners, they're, they're always willing to send me a screener. But for the most part, not, not for the big studio releases. You get a link or you get a... They send a... me a link and... The link has my name across the middle of it, you know, so I can't, so I can't pirate it and sell it. Your name and lights. Yes. It's, yeah. It's like seeing my name in the credits of every Hollywood movie. I was watching um, a Disney film with my grandchildren and I had to convince them I was not in the movie because my name was but in every scene. Grandpa, you're in the credits. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that movie. So I, I mean, I went, I, I one of the movies I'm going to talk about. I, I loved my probably my top movie in the movie was Green Knight for the summer, uh -huh, uh -huh. and uh, I'm so glad I saw that in a theater. And I even went out to I went to Tyson's Corner to see that one, which is <sighs> I, know, I know. You know they're having screenings at Tyson's Corner, and uh, you live at the beach, yeah, and I live in Montgomery County, and to go to Tyson's Corner at seven o'clock at night, the height of a uh, rush hour is just, you know, or for $4.99, do I watch uh, uh, Coda a week after it opens? Yeah, I know. On Apple TV. Well, I, again, again, I have this new big TV and it's, I'm, I'm starting to soften a little bit, uh -huh. but nevertheless, I still, you know, that, that the, the, the communal nature of watching a film, you know, the, the, there's, there's, there's watching us, there's watching a, film and there's watching watching a movie when you're with people yeah watching a movie. Yeah. and that is something i man i hate to see it going away but i'm on the board of the local theater of the local nonprofit theater yeah, here and yeah. we are having a devil of a time getting people to come back into the theater uh my wife and i went down to the avalon theater which is our neighborhood theater and uh, an independent theater that was saved by the neighborhood and we saw respect the um Aretha Franklin biography. Uh, and she said we would go to the movies if we went to the matinee. So we went to the one o'clock matinee. There were six people in the audience. <laughs> well, or another way of putting it is what movies do you deem virus worthy? <laughs>
Oh, that's it. It reminds me of the old Seinfeld episode of who's right. sponge worthy. Sponge worthy, but now it's virus worthy. <laughs> so, how long can that go on? Six people at one o'clock. It can't. It, it can't. I, I know right now, by virtue of being on this board, I know the economics of running a movie theater. And yeah. the distributors still just take a portion. You know, so you're not you're not paying them a, a flat fee. You know, you're you're not losing money by paying too much for any for the movie, but you still have to have to run the air conditioning and and concessions are the only place you're making any yeah. money. Yeah. So I don't know how long it can go on. It, it's it's still a waiting game, I think. Well, tell me, you I asked you for a list of uh, five great movies, and uh, so fire away. Okay, Green Knight is my top movie of the summer. Yeah, I, I just, hear it's I, great. It is, and and it. It confuses people to know, and I, I, I saw it. I mean, I came to DC to see a preview of it, and just was mesmerized. And and that director David Lowry is just a visionary guy. I don't know if you've ever seen Ghost. Oh, yeah, we sat yeah. together and watched yeah. Ghost, right? With the yes. seven minute pie eating scene. <laughs> <laughs> so he's so you know he's a guy who does what he wants. You know he's 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 he's, he's, he's there to please himself, and and he um, but that's good enough in this film. His his, his vision is fantastic. Uh, and then I went to see it again here in, in, in local and people, I came into the lobby and I ended up running like a little seminar at the end because people wanted to know what it was about. So a lot of people, it, it, it's kind of sort of, even though it's a linear story, people seem, yeah. tend to think it's, it's not uh, a clear cut. I think it's fantastic. Anyway, then also uh, a movie I loved was Free Guy, which I, again, I came in to see in a theater, which is a movie you kind of need to see on an enormous screen mm-hmm. with Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds as a, as, a, as a, he's a character in a video game. But he's a background character, right. so he doesn't get anything to do in a, in a video game. He's just a guy standing along the sidewalk as the mayhem happens in the street. This character in the video game Free City has been turning heads by being the good guy. Woo! Who is Blue Shirt Guy? You're absolutely right. Who is he or she indeed? He becomes self-aware and he realizes he's in a game and it's, it's a lot of fun and it's uh, lots of good laughs and just a feel-good movie. It really is not a moment that you don't, you're not happy you were there to see it. Did you see 12 Mighty Orphans? No, and I want to because a friend of mine- As uh, a Texas guy, you must Texas, love that movie. Yeah, well, a couple of my buddies are in it. Oh, that's you told me this, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a game, a, a film about a, a depression era, orphanage, Fort Worth orphanage high, uh, mm-hmm. football team. Right. And it's a true story and, you did, and at the end they even show you what happened to all the players. Uh, some had sad endings, and some had had remarkable mm. endings, uh, and uh, it's it, it it's a period piece. It's, it, there's nothing flashy about it, but it really tells a great story, and it's it is one of those movies that just you can't help but get a tear in your eye at the end. Love that. Yeah, I would add to your list, uh, Summer of Soul. Oh, oh, you know the, I didn't put uh, it on my list, but it should be. It's better that than Woodstock. concert movie from 1969, uh, shot over six weeks in Harlem and uh, renovated and restored and just a wonderful, I think it's one of the greatest concert movies of all time. And Coda, I, I think, uh, you know, the, our 10 best lists are starting to emerge. And uh, I think Summer of Soul and Coda are going to show up on that along with The Green Knight. Uh, what else? I don't know. Are you going to the Toronto Film Festival? I am going to the Toronto Film Festival, and I'm leaving uh, this weekend. For... In person? In person. They, they're the Canadians. <laughs> the Canadians have opened. Basically, the Canada has opened Canada just for the Toronto Film Festival because the, the city suffered wow. so much last year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, 
So literally, literally, um, Americans could come in as of like last week. Other countries can come in like, as of this Sunday, basically when the when the film festival is beginning. Uh, and they've they've cut the it's going ten days as usual, but only the first five days are going to be uh, press screenings. Um, so it's, it's half as many movies as usual. So I will see twenty two instead of forty four movies during that time. How do you watch? You know, how crowded are those theaters going to be? They're doing all kinds of stuff. Every, a, you had to wear a mask, and B, they've limited. They, they didn't have the come one, come all press attitude this year. You kind of had to be actually representing an actual outlet, not not just a blogger of some kind. Um, they you had to. They start. You start showing up for screenings an hour ahead of time so that everyone doesn't rush and go in there. Right. And there are no concessions, which bums me out because I'll be in a movie theater from nine in the morning till ten at night, and I had to leave the theater to go get get food. You know, it, it's, they're kind of doing high COVID protection, like the, at what it was at the most here. Uh, they're doing they're they're bringing that over to the film festival because the last thing they want is to have a super spreader event. When when is the Toronto Film Festival? Starts on the sixth and goes to the sixteenth. Wow. Well, I need to, I'll get in, back in touch with you uh, after you uh, come back, because I'd like there's, to There's hear... three movies I'm really looking forward to seeing. One is, one is Evan Hansen, the, the yeah. film version the of the Broadway musical. The new version of Dune, because I, mm. I am the only guy who loved David Lynch's version of Dune. <laughs> I, you know, I got this TV that's behind me, and the first, the first CD I put in was Dune. <laughs> and there's another movie called Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is not about a serial killer, but, but about <laughs> Kristen Stewart as Princess Di. Yeah. Unless he knows something about Princess Di, we don't. Who knows? That could be the convergence there. Thanks to the crown, there's so much new interest in her. And I would love to see what uh, Kristen Stewart does with uh, Princess Diana. Yeah. Before we wrap up, uh, this week, I think everybody really felt a pang when uh, Ed Asner passed away. Absolutely. Uh, famous as Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore show. We can turn the world on with a smile. Tell you what, I'll try you out for a couple of weeks, see if it works out. Ah! If I don't like you, I'll fire you. Right, right. You don't like me, I'll fire you. Let me tell you a very quick story, and then I know you've got a good story about uh, Ed Asner. Uh, many years ago, I th I've always thought that, uh, that on the Mary Tyler Moore show, what he did is uh, he channeled the great uh, news directors of that time. I think anybody who worked in TV news can think of somebody who felt like we were working for Lou Grant. <laughs> and uh, there was a guy I was very close to uh, who was the vice president of news for Post Newsweek named Jim Snyder. And he was one of these old curmudgeonly guys uh, who would sit in his office and throw things and scream at us and that sort of thing. After he retired, uh, another guy went to Hollywood and uh, worked for Disney in reality programming and called this guy up. Snyder and said, look, I'm going to do this show, The Investigators, and it's going to be a reality show. We're going to have four reporters and they go out and cover a story. And then we show the story. We need an assignment editor. And I want you to come to Hollywood and be the assignment editor on my reality show. And Snyder says, you don't want me. You want Ed Asner. <laughs> 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 <Hung up. laughs>
<laughs> for some, I didn't really cross paths with Asner like you did. Tell me. Well, it was, it was, I think 2009 it was the year of up 2008, uh -huh. 2009. Uh -huh. And I went out there to interview him re connection to that. Uh, and we did it, it as a TV report and, and, and we went to his house and, uh, he lived on this, he lived in studio city and where all the bungalows are in studio city. Yeah. He did not have, yeah. I mean, you would have driven right past his house. Someone said Ed Asner's house is down that street. Probably the last huh. house on the street you would have guessed was his yeah. turned out to be his no sidewalks, no anything. And he, he, he was a little apologetic. I, I, I said, you know, nice place you have here, Ed. And he said, uh, well, you know, I got too many ex-wives. So <laughs> apparently the, the, the money all went, went elsewhere. Yeah. But he it was a cluttered little place and he had books all over the tables and we cleared a spot out to do the TV interview. And while they were clearing, I was, because I'm a curious guy, I was walking around Ed Asner's house, like looking at the pictures on the walls and and uh, he had like a big old, one of those big old TVs that we all had in, in 2007. Yeah, yeah. 21-inch Trinitron or whatever. Yeah. And I just, whatever reason, glanced behind it. And there, gathering dust behind his TV, were two Golden Globe Awards <laughs> that he had apparently like forgotten about. Or, incidentally, the Golden, well, so I reached in and pulled one out. And Golden Globe Awards yeah. in those days were like the, the flimsiest, bowling yes. trophy your father ever won yeah it, it was like a metal rod that went up to a piece of wood into a little piece of lead in the shape of a globe spray painted gold that was peeling and everything it was the worst so uh that, that's my that's my Ed asner story he was a, he was a well he was a charming guy he was that was when he was going on jay leno a lot yeah he was like a, a regular a recurring character on jay leno and and a limo came and picked him up and took him to, to the jay leno show just a reminder that uh, several people have said the opening of Up is uh, the greatest segment in animation. For the greatest uh, animated film ever made, perhaps. Yeah, it really, really say. is. Uh, you have a book out, all the wrong, all the right, wrong turns about I your do, life Arch. on the beach, and I'm enjoying it very much. <laughs> and I must I, say, Arch, Arch wrote for me a, a glowing, glowing blurb <laughs> that is on the back of the book, and it's a big selling point. And I'm glad, Arch, you're finally getting around to reading the book after having written that glowing blurb. I would, I would be really disappointed if it didn't live up to your. Well, I knew you hype. wouldn't disappoint me. It's, it's very <laughs> fun. It's. Uh, you're sort of a latter-day uh, on-the-road uh, report of life on the beach. And oh, thank uh, you. life a, is a beach, so it's delightful. So I hope people find All the Right, Wrong Turns. All the Right, and, Wrong Turns uh, is available on Amazon. Oh, And, and also, cool. but if you want a signed copy, you could go to billnewcott.com slash books. Great. So, well, will you sign other? mine, Charles Kuralt? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Hey, I, I want to talk to you when you come back from Toronto. I hope you have a great uh, time and find some great movies. Arch, this is great. I miss you. <clears throat> I miss you, and this is great uh, catching up with you. And I'll look for Wild India. Thanks yeah, please to do. you. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'll talk to you again, Bill Newcott, folks. Uh, we have a special segment coming up celebrating. Did you know this, Bill? This is the 40th anniversary of body heat funny you should say that because when i lived in florida i lived around the block from the body heat house <laughs> on, on a, an island called point manalapan oh, yeah. it was down in west palm beach when i worked at the national Enquirer, and uh there it was and and, and uh the movie came out just as i moved there so they had filmed it the previous uh summer 
Um, well, we're, I'm going to uh, catch up with a woman who started the Body Heat Society. Remember her? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, All I remember is Kathleen Turner. Uh, yes, but first, I kept, going, I kept driving by the house, and Kathleen Turner was never there. <laughs> Let's remember Lou Katz, our dear friend. And here to tell us all about the world of Hound Radio. And that includes our World of Dogs feature. Check it out. <laughs> Hound Radio pauses the music for another wonderful look into the world of dogs with Faith Lapidus. With daytime temperatures mostly below 90 degrees, you might be thinking of a hike on a cool wooded trail with your dog. It's a great idea. But first, make sure pets are welcome where you want to hike and whether they're allowed to be off-leash, and maybe plan to keep the leash on if your pup likes to chase bikes or deer. And just like you bring water, sunscreen, and bug repellent for yourself, pack the necessities for your dog. Poop bags, of course, and plenty of water. Don't let your dog drink surface waters along the trail. It could harbor bacterial contamination and toxic runoff from lawns or algae. So bring a bottle of water from your home faucet. Water from a pump at the trail might have a different taste or smell and your dog might not want to drink it. Don't forget a basic first aid kit. It's easy for your dog to step on a thorn or get a nasty scratch from a prickly bush. And learn to recognize the signs of heat exhaustion and be willing to take a break in the shade or even head home if that's what your hiking companion needs. I'm Faith Lapidus for Hound Radio. In the summer of 1981, a film quietly opened. Suddenly, word of mouth went wild after the initial screenings of Body Heat featuring Kathleen Turner in her movie debut and William Hurt in one of his earliest starring roles. Body Heat, of course, is the story of a small-town Florida lawyer who meets a sultry siren with murder on her mind and fire in her loins. (laughs) You're on a roll, Arch. Washingtonian Roiland Lee Boyke caught an early screening and found Body Heat so fascinating that she founded the Body Heat Society. And she is with us now by Zoom from Hawaii, where she recently relocated And welcome to the podcast, and you and I met 40 years ago when you started this Body Heat Society, and uh, tell me what inspired you? What happened when you watched that first screening? Well, thank you, Arch, for bringing back the fun. Uh, I definitely think of you as the godfather of the Washington (laughs) Body Heat Society, a club for fans. (laughs) And we're so grateful that you remember. And um, like so many people, the first time we saw it uh, as young adults, and it really touched a part of us. And um, uh, in those days, there weren't great ways to see a movie again and again. Um, But Mm -hmm. soon enough, uh, uh, Betamax and video came into play and... uh, we, a friend and I, um, made sure there was a copy in the Betamax and that there was food on the table and everybody wanted to watch Body Heat. So it looked like there was something behind it. And so you started hosting Body Heat parties. Parties, right, right. And I guess we should mention this is in the days before social media oh, yeah. when you could easily uh, attract a crowd. Right, Wouldn't- right. Wouldn't you meet at bars too? Didn't you have yes, a Yes, absolutely. So what happened is after uh, two years, 
after body heat was released, it came to the uh, retrospective uh, circle theater down there on Pennsylvania Avenue. Mm -hmm. And immediately when I saw that was on their list, I said, well, I know people want to come out and see this. And so we put together an event and um, I think there were about 20 people who knew uh that we were doing this and they showed up for i mean 20 people showed up who knew we were doing this and they met up at the bar later and said let's have a club let's do it and uh, more people wanted to join in and we had buttons and signs up so it was a uh, it was it was a lot of mischief and a lot of fun and then ultimately we had professors from college come and speak to us about uh, american university came and talked to us about film noir and uh, about filmmaking and uh, this went on for a little while but um, it included arch setting the media afire on it well as i recall i had a, a late night tv show and uh, you came on it to discuss the body heat society and then uh, you i mentioned i was friends with the guy who wrote american film magazine mm -hmm. And I mentioned it, and you got a paragraph there, and the rest started rolling like a snowball. It really did. You People Magazine the... called. Wall Street Journal called. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I happened to be away when they called, but David Letterman's town scout called. Mm. I wasn't ready for David Letterman, so I just made it seem like we were really normal, because I knew he was going to, you know, destroy us if he brought me on um so i just was like oh now we're just a bunch of you know nerds <laughs> look at i was i was not ready for that i should put something else on the club and was ready for it um so we didn't end up on letterman but we did end up in people magazine uh you mentioned the uh mischief of the society uh what was some of that well um <laughs> when we were in people magazine they I thought they wrote it so that it looked like we were stalkers. And that concerned me enormously because I knew we were harmless, or so I thought we were harmless. And um, so um, I thought, well, I better write to Kathleen Turner and tell her that um, we're harmless. <laughs> we're, not, we're not stalkers. We're having a good time. We're, you're safe in a, a, around us. And uh, as a result, she called. And wow. Yeah, she called me in, in my work because I, of course, invited her to our next meeting. <laughs> We're not stalkers, but by the way, if you want to come to our next meeting. So she was on the, the uh, set of her movie um, that was, uh, what was that? China Blue, I believe it was. Uh -huh. And um, uh, we had a wonderful conversation. Of course, I didn't believe it was her. I had to actually say to her, please hold so I can bring somebody else onto the, the phone with me so that people would believe me that Kathleen Turner was actually calling, but she was, and she was so gracious. And she followed up with a, uh, a letter from her PR company. And uh -huh. I put that into the uh, fan book that we had and uh, would send it around at the meetings. And at one meeting, somebody took the letter. Oh, yikes. And that scared me a lot. That was mischief that I didn't need and want in that group, right? That somebody would, somebody I didn't know probably, that was there trying to get in on the club uh -huh. and you know we cut we're welcoming so that was that was unexpected unanticipated mischief that i was like well i don't really mean to be uh creating a group that could potentially be um 
challenging. But we had, were, in addition to that, we were having lots of fun. There was attention coming from all over the country. People were calling all hours of the day and night and talking about how the movie spoke to their life and their, they had movie posters over their bed. <laughs> And uh, they wanted to do anything to be involved in this group. Um, and one of them actually was able to get in front of uh, Bill Hurt, but Bill Hurt was not interested in um, connecting with us. However, I did meet Kathleen Turner at the American Film Institute when she was there for her movie, House of Cards. Yeah. And, uh, I said that I was from the Body Heat Society. She said she remembered us. Ah. So that was sweet of her. Now, you know, we're in this this age of social media. Uh, you could uh, resurrect the society. I, I looked online, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, and I looked on Facebook, and I think I found a bunch of uh, male dancers in Canada. Her body, right? Well, you know, in the, 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 the newer generations think of Kathleen Turner as Chandler's mom on Friends. Uh, so uh, there, there hasn't been the same level of uh, enthusiasm in later years, right? So, yeah, and, and I don't know whether the folks who were around for the old days, but, you know, we, we didn't know at the time we were creating something brand new, which was a film club. Mm -hmm. for, a fan club for the film. There had been obviously right. for the stars and we were really part of something very new. Obviously, if that happened today, I wouldn't be sitting around making paper newsletters and paper pins and sending things out. We would have a whole other way of uh, making this known and it would be quite easy and Facebook would be and Twitter would be perfect ways. And of course, TikTok. Imagine a TikTok. <laughs> Talk about mischief. <laughs> but you know, I, re I remember, and I think you and I got along uh, because I had a similar reaction when I saw it. And although it's been 40 years, I can remember the lead in to my review that night. And it was in Body Heat, a no good man meets a no good woman and they get up to no good together. And I love it. And a PR guy actually called me up and quoted that line back to me a week or so later. Uh, and I think they quoted it in, a, uh, in an ad for Body Heat. Uh, and I watched the movie again last night because I knew I would talk to you. And I, it really holds up. It really has passed the test of time. It really has. And they filmed it in such a way that they kept a lot of uh, things classic. So like the clothes really could be anywhere from mm -hmm, mm -hmm. any decade. Yeah. Um, it, it's not until the telephone situation changes in the early 2000s that you start to see where it starts to lose its uh, modern day. But it doesn't it, that doesn't matter that much. Uh, today. Um, and I think it's it's certainly still... it fits in with uh, the Raymond Chandler stories with James M. Cain. I was a big fan of James M. Cain's writing. It uh, it kind of takes off from double indemnity and maybe the big sleep. And uh, I think it advanced film noir. Uh, and then since then, the only movie I could think of that might have uh, uh, been in there with it later on was Basic Instinct. And Basic Instinct doesn't have the subtlety of uh, body heat. You know, it's hot 
and they're sweating and everybody is, is uh, you know, they're in a, they're making love and they lie in a tub full of cold water and put ice cubes in it. Jeez. Well, Arch, I love your, your quote about that. That's the <laughs> one of the PR company was calling. They can feel the heat from you. <laughs> uh, what, what's your favorite line from Body Heat? You're not too smart. I like that in a man. <laughs> You're not too smart, are you? <laughs> I like that in a man. How about you, Arch? <laughs> Let's see. He says, uh, you shouldn't dress like that. And she says, well, it's a blouse and a skirt. What am I supposed to do? And then I think he says, well, you shouldn't have a body like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, just, you know, the artful way the love scenes are so artful. They're, they're, they look like sculptures in there. She's lying on top of him and they're glistening with sweat. But none of it is, uh, you know, it's very subtle. It's not, uh, it's not hardcore or softcore or anything it's that heat and uh and the drinking iced tea and bourbon and ice cubes and convertibles and the whole thing i it's just it really holds up it's well you a, know it's we have the, the the uh the editor to thank for that carol littleton because mm -hmm. they shot lots of semi-porn scenes right and they cut them out yeah so, and I think that's the difference between uh, Body Heat and Basic Instinct. Mm -hmm. And Basic Instinct is—it's the same plot, basically. It's a woman uh, with murder on her mind, and you know, uh, manipulating uh, men. But this does it uh, so well. Uh, I should mention—I think we should mention—that this is total fantasy. This is a fantasy, and in real life, uh, Kathleen Turner. Her life has not been easy, that she uh, has uh, a terrible time with um, arthritis mm -hmm. and is under treatment for it. And, you know, that the uh, body heat captured something and a moment in time that I think is is to be celebrated. Yeah, absolutely. And can't be replicated. By the way, you you I remember you living in Washington for many. Are you a native Washingtonian? I originally come from New Jersey. But you were here for many, many years. Yeah. And you moved to Hawaii. I did. <laughs> now, that is a Maddie Walker move, don't you think? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I've managed the backdrop, but maybe not the man by my side offering me the drink saying it's hot. But, you know, it's only, I've only been here for two and a half years, so maybe that will that will come. Any future for the Body Heat Society? Anything? Yes, of course. I'll be sending around a link to your podcast and ah. to everybody who's, who knows anything about it and all over Facebook. So we'll see if the call comes to me. We, we got to do this again. It's wonderful to talk to you and Zoom that we can see each other, you in Hawaii and me uh, in Washington on the East Coast. Uh, is uh, This is miraculous. Can you leave us with uh, a memory or, or a word about uh, body heat and why we should celebrate it? Well, it really does show the uh, depths and joys and extremes and dangers of our passions, don't you think, Art? <laughs> so watch out for that when you're watching body heat. I need uh, a glass of ice water. <laughs> <laughs> and it is such a delight to speak with you, Royalin Lee 
Voiki, still a member of the Body Heat Society, and you are very kind to work us into your day six hours earlier, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you, Arch, and to you too. So my thanks today to Bill Newcott of the Saturday Evening Post and Royland Lee Boyke of the Body Heat Society. Boy, now that was fun. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, and then soon after that, we will step back up to weekly. This week's recommendations include CODA on Apple TV and The Green Knight in theaters. And why not celebrate Body Heat's 40th anniversary as well, huh? That's what I'm all about. I'm Arch Campbell with Lou Katz. Happy viewing. This is the Katz Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.